Evil Jeff back behind the mic. Means and Musings back on the airwaves. One month has passed since uh, last recorded. I believe. Something like that. Yep. OSR October was good and done. And I got busier and I'll get out. But one of the things that occurred uh, that slowed things down uh, was mainly part was Minion Bravo moving out, which I've mentioned other places. And in the process of moving out and us now moving stuff around the house, uh, I was able to bring uh, my father's books back into the house and then books that I had in storage that I had not seen, oh, good gracious, 20-odd years probably, uh, made it in. And then I was going through the garage and grabbing a few more things and came across several boxes of other various and sundry items, knickknacks, uh, you know, some college textbooks and things like that. So, you know, kind of getting rid of things and so forth. And I came across several different pieces of gaming material. So this next set of podcasts, this is going to be, well, kind of an archaeological dig into the past, but I think now I'm going to think more of it as an anthropological dig. Looking back at what I was doing back then and making sense of it today and how has that shaped what I like about gaming. So hopefully these next set of podcasts There's at least two, maybe three. I haven't quite figured out how many there are going to be. Um, It also depends upon one of the other sets of information that I, boxes I found, another notebook, if I want to go through that, if I find anything really good in it. So hopefully this will be something interesting. Go back into the past and see what there was and why... It's made me do what I like today. The first item in our history, in this anthropological look, uh, is a spiral bound notebook that I labeled computer notebook. And looking at first couple pages, uh, this is full of some beginning programming that I was doing. This would be uh, 1983, 84, uh, probably the summer of 83. A good friend of mine that uh, in eighth grade, he and I both took a programming class in basic. And my father wanted me to do something with the Commodore 64 more than just punching in the machine code many times into the uh, editor that they had and playing whatever game and doing things like that. So that's what I'm seeing here. Well, what does that have to do with role-playing? Well, if we go a little bit further in the notebook, uh, and this was a spiral-bound notebook that had these 
divisions placed in it. Um, a little heavier piece of almost, not exactly cardstock, but a little bit heavier in there that was separating out different sections. So you'd have like, I believe this one was a three section notebook originally. So you could have three subjects <laughs> in one spiral bound notebook if you want to keep up with it that way. Kind of weird. But when I get to the first division in here, it says Dungeon Programs. And I've got a thing here that uh, it's a program for a two-level dungeon, including traps, rooms, and monsters. And then I basically wrote out the dungeon itself. And what I did was I broke it up into two levels, and I had a certain number of rooms. Now... I don't have the map for this. I'm not sure where the map is. I kind of think that I was going to make the map afterwards. And each of them would have a certain number of rooms and everything in there. So I basically went through and had contents listed in there. Uh, the treasure that was in there. And then I've got the program listed here. And at the time of my doing this, this was all of 69 <laughs> lines in basic. So I'm not sure exactly, you know, without reviewing a lot of it, I don't know what was going in there. But it's, it's, here's the curiosity. You know, we talk about game balance, right? Yeah. Game balance was not something that we did back then. We just throw crap together, right? So let's see. In level one, uh, there was pretty much every... There was only, let's see, 11 rooms. Three of the rooms had something in it. The rest of them were empty. One room had a trap. Okay. Another room had, uh, let's see, 22 giant rats. And not a lot of copper in there. And then the other room that had something in there was a purple worm. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And looking through the code, I'm not so sure exactly how you were going to fight this thing. Um, maybe you were going to, uh, you know, you had your own characters and you were going to roll and it would, it could roll against you and everything. Maybe that's what I was doing there. I, I don't know. It almost feels like it could have been a solo adventure, but who, kn who knows in there? Uh, let's see. The second level was about 16 rooms. Uh, more of them that are filled. One, two, three, four. So, nine of the 16 rooms were empty. Let's see, we had a Will-O-Wisp in one of them. Uh, we had five Cloud Giants in another room. <laughs> You're getting hosed in this dungeon. Uh, a ghost. Um, let's see, a couple of Shriekers. And an eight-headed Hydra. Let's see, what, is there any good treasure in here? Um, yeah, with the Will-O-Wisp. Let's see, what are you going to get? Uh, 2,000 copper. Oh, there's 28 gems. 
a net of snaring, an extra healing potion, and plus two scale mail. That's, that's kind of worth it there. Uh, the Cloud Giants, they only had three gems on them. So who knows what's happening there. Uh, the Ghost is where you had the stuff going on there. Uh, 2,000 Electrum pieces, Potion of Fire Resistance, Potion of Human Control, Potion of Diminution. Oh, two of them. And a Potion of Water Breathing. There's a plus two sword hanging out someone, somewhere. Hydra, yeah, you got 6,000 copper in that room if you beat it. <laughs> I mean, but that, that was the thing. We were just throwing stuff in there and having fun. You know, I guess it, you know, not really a theme to it, but, you know, kind of that funhouse dungeon back then. I'm still not sure how you were fighting in here or not looking at it, but it was curious that I actually wrote into the code listening. Where you, if you wanted to listen at the door and everything, you could. And depending upon which door you listened at and what you rolled, you would you may hear things or may not. And I would, ex, you know, explain what it is. Um, I believe... You know, yeah, on certain room, yeah, certain rooms, if you heard something, then you would either hear big noises, some of those bigger human, or a tinkling of coins, or you hear some uh, dull rumbling, scratching. So, you know, pretty, pretty fun little thing going in there. The next program, I have an outline listed uh, for what I was entitling uh, DMP, which I'm going to guess was my acronym for Dungeon Master Program, because when you look at it, there's several menus. This has to be uh, me going through the basic and expert set, and early coding on basically random, setting up random stuff and playing. Instead of just rolling, I'd have the computer do stuff for me so it would be fair and I wouldn't be cheating, I'm guessing. Or I could use it also to play. Um, I had a menu for dice, uh, listening, and it was interesting because I'm in here I can see I wrote down the pages of where this information was at so I could go back and, and look at it. Um, so you had the menu, and basically it was just an outline of the different sections that I had, was going to have to code. You know, random number encounters, taking into account charisma for the final reaction and everything. I was guessing how many lines of code I, of in basic I was going to have to write. You know, and apparently, let's see. You know, and I also wrote down how much memory this was going to take up. You know, we're talking 1983-84. So, um, and looking at this, 
This is saying that I was talking about having an 8K cartridge, 8 kilobyte cartridge. So how much memory was going to be left over in there. And then another page over, I see an outline that I wrote for a player character maker. Doing roles ahead of time, uh, giving you the stats, filling things out. Uh, a couple more pieces in here. And then I get to a section, and this is definitely later on. Um, this is probably 10th, 11th grade, 12th grade. So we're talking 85, 86, and so forth. Um, and I've got this thing for what I call Arena. And this was going to be a basically a program for uh, a bulletin board system that a friend of mine had. And it had different parts. You know, you, and this was a you know sort of a full-featured and ambitious thing where you were going to have to buy, you know, this is the arena. So what are we doing? We're going to buy slaves, lots of different types. And, and this is multiplayer during, for this BBS. So you would have people bidding on these slaves and then at a certain point they'd win them. Then you had to go and train them. I had different ways of training them, uh, different, uh, conditions. You had to have a trainer in there. There's also going to be fighting. So a lot of it. And as I flip through it, I see all the stats that I was going to use in here. Um, a big area that I had a couple uh, sets of numbers using variable damage, depending upon the type of weapon it is. But that variable damage was based upon if you were going to cut or bash something. Also, what type of armor it was going up against. So, I can see the evidence of AD&D in there. I had a table for attacking. Uh, taking into account dexterity, constitution, luck. Talking about critical hits. Though I X some of that out. And I see over another page with using AD&D stats. I had already stated out several of the... NPC gladiators that were out there, the owners who were there. Um, I could probably still use a number of these because looking at them, I still see the levels of the characters, the class, their stats. Um, I had already placed in there different fighting styles, so... Now, I'm fairly certain that during some part of that time frame in there, one of the inspirations was probably coming out of a Dragon magazine, and there was a sort of a gladiatorial game in one of them. Pretty certain that's where that came from. Um, but there's a little couple lines of code in there. also had a wrestling game that I was... Uh, outlining that was probably also going to be on the bulletin board system. So, you know, from the historical viewpoint, you know, 
what what does this mean? What what am I looking at here? And I can see where I was interested in the numbers, how things were working, and fiddling with things. You know, getting a better understanding of how and I can see where that this analysis has held over to what I do today when I am creating characters. There is analysis within the stats and so forth. Yeah, for basic, you know, for BX, for AD&D and everything, you know, stats don't really mean much. You know, unless you have extraordinary stats, you know, it doesn't help you very much. You know, it gives you an advantage here and there. But where you might be in a position to improve stats, which was one of the things that I saw in here, then choosing if you had the ability to, you know, put stats wherever you want, um, made a difference. Also, if the fighting styles were going to be different, um, I have a feeling that a piece of this is based off of Rollmaster stuff in here. Um, just looking at a couple of little page, a couple of the pages in there because the. Uh, sort of the hit chart that I have versus different, you know, different weapons versus different armor and so forth um, was thought out. And I don't, I mean, AD&D has some of that, but I think I was, I think at that point we had come across Rollmaster. So, you know, lots of uh, interesting things there that I was going to, you know, program or, you know, in basic, you know, for me to use or for making a game on a bulletin board system, which was going to be highly, uh, you know, proprietary, uh, proprietary, but it was only going to go on to one or two systems that I would have been able to use at that time because most everything was going to be running on, these bulletin boards were running on IBMs. Um, I think there was one that was running on a Mac and a few that were running on Commodore 64s, later on Commodore 128s. So yeah, I see where I, I, I put a lot more, where my analysis of things come from for a bit of optimization. Because as we know, with BX, AD&D, those early levels can be tough. They really can be. You've got to choose whether you are going to fight or if you're going to run. I mean, it's discretion is the better part of valor, I guess. You know, <laughs> it's not very heroic sometimes. But he who lives, he who lives and runs away, lives to fight another day, or whatever you want to say there. However you want to do it, you know. If you're dead, you can't win. The money. Unless you're a necromancer or something, I guess. I don't know. So, yeah. There's also in the back, there's a little map thing. And I'm guessing it's some computer game that's on here. Though, I'm not sure what it is. I got a feeling it's partially related to Ultima. 
but I can't. I'm not entirely certain, but I think that's what that is. Because I would have been playing Ultima on the Commodore during that time frame. Well, <laughs> waxing nostalgic about a lot of this stuff here that I found. Tune in for the next one. Uh, see what else that I can find and chat about from the past. Thanks for listening and have a good evening and be safe, game well, and we'll see you soon.